I've always appreciated our song leaders. They do a tremendous job in selecting the hymns that we sing as we come together to worship God. Those are tremendous songs for us to stop and reflect upon, to consider in our lives. It's interesting. As we live our lives, we, as the only way that we know how, we live our lives in the time frame in which we live. And we need to spend a little time on that thought. If the will of God is so, and to work with that in our lives, if the will of God is so, we may suffer. I don't believe there's a one of us here this morning that cherishes suffering. Physically, or because we're spiritual beings in a wicked world, we don't, do not enjoy suffering. But if it be the will of God that we do, and as I think about that, Several thoughts crossed my mind. What would be out of Ephesians 1 and verse 4? Before the foundation of the world, God laid out his plan for redemption. There's no way for us to conceive of eternity. No way to know, but it says before the foundation of the world and with the Beginning of the world we have, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The time frame before that is we have no way of comprehending. And so it seems to be the eternal plan of God was to redeem mankind through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross. If you want to consider persecution, you want to consider suffering for doing what is right, then it is important for us to look at the prime example that we have been given, and that is of Jesus Christ. To see how he dealt with what he knew was going to come and still had to deal with it as he lived his life. John began his gospel, and as I look through the gospels again, I'm reminded of what they're portraying for us. Matthew basically written to those of a Jewish background, and then there we're given a lineage of the coming of the Messiah. And how many generations were involved from 
one patriarch to another, down to the time that Jesus would be born. So we're given that time frame of, again, reminding ourselves as we gather around the table. This was planned before time began. And the working of God's plan to bring it about was not the same as man's plan. Sometimes we enjoy reading through Mark. He is straightforward in a lot of things that he has to say. Talking about the power of Christ. Straight away, immediately, these things took place. But there's a time frame involved in that. Luke writes to those of a Gentile background, reminding them that God has always cared for humanity. And we need to be reminded of that. John has written more to the church. And as he's writing to those who have already heard the gospel, already believed the gospel and obeyed the gospel, and have begun to walk this new life in Christ Jesus, and in many cases are now beginning, or even from the beginning, to suffer for doing what is right. They need to be reminded, and we need to be reminded. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That reminder again that He came into a world of sinful people. And how the world responded to him as you go through John or any of the Gospels. These were written for us to help us. Your heart ever broken as you read about the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians? Not in the scriptures, but the Essenes, the Zealots are mentioned. All of these different fractions of God's people. All having a different perspective of what they wanted to see done and how it should be accomplished. Again, these things were written for us. And it's the reminder to us Oftentimes, I hear Christians say, well, if we can just get this straight, if we can just get the right setup politically, if we can just get this economic thing sorted out and so forth, whatever it is, if we can get the physical world going the way it ought to be going, then things will be good. As I read here, I never see that being the case. The things had to be right politically. Things had to be right socially, economically. Humanity ought, had, ought to learn how to get along with each other. 
they haven't learned since the Garden of Eden how to get along with each other. So that's not new. And John is trying to encourage us. These things were written that we might have life and believing in him we may have life through his name. These are for us to learn as we live our lives. How do we live them? What do we petition? What are we looking forward to? If the will of God be so, that you suffer physically, that you suffer tremendously physically, that you suffer the loss of physical life, yours or family, brothers and sisters in Christ, if it be the will of God that it be so, where is your trust? Again, from eternity, Jesus knew that he was going to have to make a sacrifice. And so as you read the Gospels, you're reading with the knowledge that he knows as he lives. Nothing was hidden from him before he came. That he knew what he was going to go through. John would go on in chapter 1, he came to his own and his own received him not. He came to his own people. He came to those who had scripture. He came to those who were expecting a Messiah. They were expecting a Redeemer. And when he came,
just see. Again, we want to walk by sight and not by faith. And as he worked with his disciples, and as the teaching there in chapter 6 became more and more difficult, it's always nice when it goes well, but another story when it changes along the way. He says in verse 51, verse 40, he's the bread of life. 51, I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of a select few. Not what it says? No. For the life of the world. The Jews, therefore, quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Again, one and walk by sight. We petition God daily, do we not, in our prayers? We petition his will being done. We petition his blessings to be given. And how many times do we look with the physical eye to see those blessings? Again, if, it, if the will of God be so, if God so wills it to be the way that it is, and he's already laid it out, Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 46 and verse 10 that God is able to declare the end from the beginning. And we need to remind ourselves the order that it is given, not the order that we would like it to be. We wanted to say he can declare everything from the beginning to the end. He is able to declare the end before the beginning started. He already knows what's unfolding. Do we trust him in that? Do we trust him that he already knows what is unfolding? He already knows what you're going to be going through. He's already supplied you with what you need for that particular time. And what you need. Draw near to God. And he'll draw near to you. That's what we need. Now I want the physical response. I want the obstacle removed. And then I'm reminded of Jesus. He came to his own, and his own received him not. He taught those who had the scriptures, and they took up stones to stone him to death. He told them what God was going to do. 
and without realizing it, they fulfilled the promise of God. As they took the sinless one, and put him to death in one of the most cruel ways that humans had devised. Thinking they were doing God's will. Yet, as the scriptures clearly point out so many times, Jesus put his life in the hands of the Father. I did not come to do my own will. I came to do the will of him who has sent me, Jesus said. And again, you remember how he closed out his life? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He left us an example, Peter would remind us, to follow in his steps, to put our trust in that living God who has a plan that we do not fully understand. But do we trust? Do you understand the physical body? Do you understand why? God made us the way that he did? Is that the most efficient way to do things? I don't know. I trust God who believe, I believe in God who designed this, so that is the best. But do you understand that? Do you understand the, phys- or the spiritual body of how God has designed it and how it works? To be the light that shines in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And we like to see that it's positive. Some of us grew up in rural areas where there were a lot of uh, different creatures gone into a room and flipped on the light and watched those bugs scatter. They had the light. They did not want the light. We live in a world that does not want the light. We live in a world and we have to struggle with itself that says, I surrender all to Jesus. All. My very essence, my very being, every fiber of the body, every thought of the mind, I surrender it to God. Why do things happen the way that they do? We may not know in this life the reasons why, but they're there. I trust God. Why are we going through the trials that we're going through as a country? Why are we going through the trials that we're going through as a nation or as a, as a society in the world? God knows. 
And his purpose is behind all of that. Do I trust him on that? God, if you just take care of this, we'll be a lot better off. And that, is that not what we do in the physical realm? We're trying to eliminate everything that causes us pain or affliction or difficulties or distress. We can just get this taken care of. We'll be okay. And then what are we reminded of? Well, there's something else coming down the road. Many of us old enough to remember the damage that polio did. And other diseases down the road, and we conquered those, and guess what? There was something else. We took care of that, and then there's something else, and took care of that, and there's something else. We're not going to have the heaven on earth that we're looking for. If we had the heaven on earth, would we have a longing for the heaven with God? Hey, this is perfect down here. What else do we need? If you suffer for doing what is right, understand God is with you. Peter would remind us as well, we have Satan who has a roaring lion prowls about, seeking whom he may devour. Again, the imagery that he uses is alarming, is it not? Satan as a roaring lion prowling about means he's here, he's there, he's looking, seeking whom he may devour. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is greater. I do not have it all figured out, but I know the one who does, and I put my trust in him. The wise I do not know, we always have those. We start about age two, and they go all the way through our life. Why? Why this? Why that? But I trust God. I trust God. There is no other choice for me. What about you? There is no other choice. I've already seen what the world does. They eat and devour one another. They just utterly destroy each other for no purpose. You see it in the news all the time. Someone's life is taken. Sometimes it's nothing more than maybe the phone. They lost, somebody killed an individual. Or something trivial. As the song says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? This world is not home. As we petition God in prayer, 
Do we remember what the scriptures are telling us? If the will of God be so, if God's will is this, can you accept it? Are you asking God for the strength to work where we are with what we have and who we are as opposed to saying, Lord, if you just change this, things would be a lot better. If you just move that person, it would be a lot better. If you just do this, it would be a lot better. Use us where we are. Trust in him. I had nothing to do with the beginning of my life. And I have nothing to do as to when my life may end or when my life will end. May the Lord come again. So I have no control. My trust has to be in God. I believe he's been with us. I believe he is with us. I believe he will continue to be with us as we strive to serve him. In your prayers, are you using that phrase? If the will of God be so. Let me be his child and let me be true to him. But that decision is yours. We can pray, we can encourage, we can beseech. But the question, not for just those in the world, but the question for the child of God at times is, why do you wait? Why? Why do you think you're gained by a further delay? Why? Why not make the life right with God? Why not make that commitment? Lord, I'm yours. I'm your servant. Use me where you want me to be used. Use me as you want me to be used. The where does not matter. The how does not matter. What does matter is I want to be the servant of God, doing his will with his help. If the life is not where it needs to be, and you need to make a change within your life, why not now? Why do you wait? And what do you hope to gain in postponing your decision to obey God? To commit the life to God or to renew that life in Christ Jesus again. If you have a need, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.